And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy back to have another meaningful conversation that hopefully helps your business out. Now, a lot of us have a business. Some of us profit. Some of us don't. We all want to. We all need to. And there are often many days when an entrepreneur can sit back and say, man, I got to find my profits. Now, in Congress with that, I brought in a subject matter expert to help us find profits. Now, before I introduce him and get this next episode started, I do need to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. With me today, I've got the CEO and founder of Growth Amplifiers, Kenny Harper. Now, you know I like it when you're interactive, so I want you to go to findmyprofits.com, take a click, take a look. You can see what he's talking about with me. Welcome to Startup Hustle, Kenny. Thank you very much for having me and glad to be here today. It's going to rock and roll. And for those who are tuning in, you know, listening is one thing, knowing is another, but taking action and getting results is the ultimate thing. So that I encourage you to do something today that from what we talk about and apply it in your world, get something from today. Kenny, I need your help, man. Yes. I need to, I need to find my profits, man. How do I do that? <laughs> Now, before you tell me, I want a little bit more about your backstory. So, I, I but then I, I definitely need to learn how to find my profits. So, so who are you, Kenny? All right. So, to give a little bit of sense, I grew up and was found my first passion when I went to a Metallica show. The year was nineteen ninety two. I was I was in eighth grade, and my cousin took me to the Snake Pit, and I was blown away. There was these flashing lights, the booming bass, and I just knew that I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to have like the interaction and I wanted to be a rock star, right? Well, you know what they say about, you know, musicians and artists, you know, starving artists. So I started my career first time, you know, playing in a band and we needed to have promotional materials. We needed to be able to market ourselves. And so I started to learn how to do some of those things, but I ran into a challenge after a few years, you know, we were playing gigs, we were doing some fun things, but we didn't really know the business part. We knew what we knew how to do, the passion, how to execute that, but we didn't know the business part. And if you don't really know the business part about running a business, you can run out of money. Uh, if you don't have profits coming in, you can't really grow, you can't really scale. So that dream that I really loved, unfortunately faded through time. But because I found a different way of being able to create, be creative, you know, marketing and being able to put out a message, I found that I could create a career doing marketing and multimedia. So I went to school for marketing and multimedia and 
graduated and started working at different advertising agencies. I kind of hit the ceiling at an advertising agency and started my first freelance web design company about 10 years ago. I did that for about three years and found a couple of business partners. We formed a digital marketing agency. We we're doing that for a period of time. And we kind of, we kind of feel like we were working in a job. We weren't really excited about the things we were doing. So we went and started to get some coaching, some consulting and, and figured out what really makes us tick? What gives, what makes our juices flow? How do we get excited? What do we really like? Where's our inner awesome? And then we went into the strategic planning, growth coaching and consulting and really helped people identify how they were going to amplify their business. Because the thing that made me tick, you know, getting to the root of it, we had, when we were running the agency, Rock My Image, we had different types of clients come to us, small business clients, you know, um, it, maybe it was a medical spa, maybe it was a roofer, maybe it was somebody trying to launch a different company. But we saw a trend. We were doing marketing services. And for some companies we saw, they were just rocking and rolling. They're opening up new shops. They're killing it. Everything's going great. And for others, we saw them and they were having trouble getting results. And when we looked at what, what, what's the challenge? Why are some of these people being able to take our services and rock with it? And others are, are having a challenge getting results. And at the end of the day, what we found was that the ones that were having trouble didn't have, they didn't check all the boxes to be successful. And, and I learned along the way that if, if I was going to be successful as an entrepreneur, um, I had, I had learned and picked these things up through years of training, through the coaching and consulting that I, I took a part of that gave me the ability to be successful in my business. And that's what ended up helping the businesses that uh, did become successful work as they were checking all the boxes. So that's really where we decided to put a lot of time and attention is to help businesses really look on making sure that they have the systems in place to be more profitable. You need profits so that you're being able to fill in the gaps and optimize the experience people have when they're entering your business and really run a tight ship. So it's been a journey to get here. And I tell you, after losing the opportunity with um, music and kind of hitting that, that door there, I, I experienced it again as a freelancer. Um, when I was in, in web design, hitting a door, not being able to get to where I wanted because I didn't have all the information. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is about what are some things you need to look at? What are some things you could do in order to take what you're doing, your passion, and make it successful, make it profitable so you can grow it, scale it? And then and one more thing I'll add here is that some people really say, you know, money is not my driver. And I can relate to that because it's really not my driver either. You know, I, I definitely want to make money and I want to be successful and, and have uh, a profitable business, but it's really being able to make an impact and help others that, that really fuels my fire. And so I hear that sometimes with people and they say like, it's not about profits for me. I'm like, well, at the end of the day, I get it. You want to make a bigger impact. You want to be able to move something forward. Maybe it's a mission, something that you're serving, 
but you need profits in order to do that. So that's why we think about profits. So that's kind of the, uh, in a nutshell, what we're looking to talk about and why it's important is if you're looking to grow or scale or live a lifestyle of freedom or make a bigger impact, you need to have profits. And that's where we're going to be talking about. I think a lot of people get, conf- you know, I, I talk to a lot of people about a lot of different things, different types of startups, different types of businesses, different types of industries. They all operate different, like a software as a service company draws a completely different valuation from a company like mine, Full Scale, which is tech services, which requires different this, different that. Now, before we get too far into creating profit, I mean, let's, let's just be as 101 as it gets. Profit right. is find as a, fin- a financial gain, especially the difference between the amount earned and the amount spent. So, you know, I always tell people when it comes to business and profit there, it's pretty simple. You need to sell more, you need to spend less or hopefully do both. And now that is a lot easier than it, it that sounds a lot easier than it actually is. Um, and I think, you know, some of the things to consider as well is, you know, what stage is your business at? If your business is eight years old and it's still not profiting or it isn't the the way it should be, that's a completely different issue to solve as a business that's six months old. But really in the end, you know, you mentioned something people say, well, I'm not driven by money. I'm not driven by profits. Well, your business is, and it, and it needs to be, because if they don't exist, then it's just not going to stick around. So there has to be a a basic element of capitalism that occurs in order right. for, to, you know, for, there be, to the, for the lasting effect to occur, which is remaining open. So I think let's, let's, what I'd like to start with first is what are some of the, what are a couple of the, of the recurring issues that you see uh, across any industry or clients? Like what are the most common things that people are doing that are preventing profit? All right. This is probably number one. Now I've got the opportunity to connect with different entrepreneurs around the country, different sizes, right? And I've, I've been through the hills and valleys myself, so I can relate to different stages. But the insidious thing that I see is trying to do too many things at the same time. Yep. And I concur. It's insidious because it's it's kind of counterintuitive. You think, oh, if if I do a little bit of this and add a little bit more here and maybe add this revenue stream here, it seems like you're going to be uh, growing things and helping things grow and, and make them better. But the reality is the lack of focus kills momentum and really prevents things from being able to just fire off. And I see it. You need, you need all to be the excellent time. at one. You need to be excellent at one thing before you try to be excellent at six. And that's actually a, a common thing I run into as well. Um, I ha- I talk to a lot of people about their business and how it grows, or maybe even just a business getting started. And they're like, "I've got six different ways to generate revenue. Cool. How many of them generate revenue? Right? Well, none right now. <laughs> all six. I'm like, okay, you need to get good at one of these. And the thing is, is is where this matters is once you have fire, it's easier to light other fires. So if you don't, you're just like, you know, the equivalent of trying to do six things all at the same time without mastering one of them is like rubbing wet sticks together, trying to light wet leaves and dilute your own efforts. And, but, but if you get one thing popping, because remember 
revenue, cash flow. It's the lifeblood of your business. Get that moving. And then all of a sudden, these other things no longer are a fantasy. You also might find that if you get really good at one of those things, you might not care about the other five. So give yourself a shot by getting good at one thing. I would say be brilliant on the basics. Okay, what else? What's what's next? Because that is an excellent point, Kenny. So, so definitely, it's like, kind of like spinning plates. Get one spinning really good, yep. th- then get the next one. And just to add on that real quick, you know, some people ask, well, how do I know where to start? Well, look at where you have the most traction, what has the most potential, what's going to give you the most impact. And re- really take or a step back. Or what you're most passionate yeah, about. Yeah, where, where, take a step back and be true to yourself saying, hey, if I can get this kicked off and launched and get this running, then I can add these other things that are important to me. You want to do them, but it's to do them all at once will prevent progress. So laser focus is key. And I know people can resist that. I'm a visionary myself. And that's what the, the problem can sometimes be is, is just having a lot of different ideas. So just hammering that in, get laser focus. All right. So next thing we want to focus about profitability is know your numbers. Know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Right. So I've been talking with a lot of different accountants and CPAs and bookkeepers because uh, they're they're great uh, referral partners. And we've been talking about just how many people really don't know what profit even, what's even profitable in their business. They don't know their numbers. I'll give you a couple examples. Have you ever seen the show Restaurant Impossible? Um, I believe so. It's a it's a great show, and they they go in there and they take this struggling restaurant that's doing some things okay, and but they're having challenges because they're not doing everything okay. Sometimes it's the look and feel of the restaurant. Sometimes it's the quality of food, but sometimes it's just what's going on in their books, and sometimes the servers are pushing items that are actually losing the business money, like they're losing money every time they sell an item, and they're pushing it. How horrible is that? So in a company that you know is looking to grow their business, sometimes we don't even realize the cost of doing a discount or what that could be having on the bottom line. You may think, oh, look, I'm going to give a discount of 10% in order to get this business. But if you don't pay attention to the different margins, that 10% could be 50% of your actual profit, depending on the, the business you're in and what you're selling. So discounts could be huge takeaways of profitability. And it may be more that meets the eye, depending on, again, depending on the business. So rather than discounting, what we like to say is try to find a way to add value or even better, add perceived value to your offer so that you can stack up what people are seeing the value of the offer and they're more likely to pay because they see the added value. Like, in addition to your purchase, you'll also get this free gift. And the gift doesn't even have to have a high cost, but it could be something that's really kind of cool. So, you know, in Congress with that, one thing I see businesses make the mistake when it comes to profitability, they oftentimes have the wrong people doing 
just things in general. So like, for example, you have, and this is common for businesses that grow quickly because you're just on many days, just trying to hold on to the rocket while it's on its way to the moon. But if you have someone that you're paying $40 an hour doing a job that someone for $10 an hour would do, then you're wasting money. You're, you're not spending it correctly or you're not allocating your resources properly. Um, you mentioned like in the restaurant example, a server selling something that isn't profitable. Um, I mean, my question would be is why the fuck is that even on the menu? Um, you know, on some levels now, the, occasionally you do have it. Now I, I used to manage a chain of retail stores and you sometimes have that low cost leader that gets someone in the door. But that is, but and it's funny you mentioned you worked in music. That was a chain of musical instrument retail stores, uh, and you know we had like a cheap guitar that we tried to get people in. We didn't make any money off the guitar, but we made money off selling strings, tuners, picks, all the other things that went with it. So, and some of that is just simple, um, simple communication with your own team. Like if that restaurant had told the waiters, like, hey, look. Um, this is on the menu. People may order it, but it shouldn't be what we're recommending first off and foremost. Um, and same thing in, in like in restaurants, uh, food cost is everything. And, you know, it's like, what are you wasting? So I, I never liked being in and around businesses that had perishable items for that kind of reason. Right. It's like, I mean, if a grocery store leaves a, a pallet of milk on the loading dock and it gets warm and it goes bad, that's just gone. You don't have a shot at making that up. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things and, you know, like you talk about knowing your numbers, um, it can be hard. And, you know, like, so as the founder and CEO of full scale, we got to 200 employees in two years and, mm. um, with that and we're operating in multiple countries. So not one set of books, but two and trying to keep up with a lot of that stuff, it gets, it can be a challenge. Um, it's okay. And I mentioned doing this in my book, Million Dollar Bedroom. Um, Sometimes if you realize that you've created a ball of rubber bands with your books and your numbers, you need to go back and undo that, those, that ball of rubber bands. Cause the one thing that isn't going to help is continuing to add rubber bands to it. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's just like, and, and I've had to do that cause I've had a couple businesses that, you know, had hockey stick growth to them. And look, like I'm, I am a believer that if you have the opportunity to sell everything in the store, go ahead and do that and then clean up after, but you need to clean up at some point. You can't just restock and leave the place a mess. So, right. you know, wh whatever that is in your business. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people and, and things that can help you. We're in this uh, amazing world of fractional services right now. Like mm. you can find a fractional CFO, like technically your lawyer is a fractional, fractional legal team. Uh, businesses like yours, Kenny, that can help you do things in bits and pieces and give you advice. And I, I think that it's, it's a, a tactical error for businesses to try to be good at everything. You talk about why would you want your server service offering to do a bunch of watered down stuff? It's not fair to expect yourself to know how to do anything else. So go out and find some help, especially with the numbers. If you're not an accountant, and you're, well, if your business grows to a certain point anyway, you're going to need a CPA because you can't file that. You can't even file your taxes over a certain revenue limit without having that stamp on there. So you might as well just get started early. All right. Those are both great, great things. Do, do we have a third? So that that's uh, just to hammer that point in, uh, delegate, you know, just taking a time audit, looking at what is your value? What is your hourly worth? 
you can calculate how much yeah. you want to make per year calculate for your own your, time too yeah. yeah calculate what your hourly worth is and then as you pointed out if if you're doing things that you could pay someone else to do that's not worth your hour, hourly worth then you need to really consider of letting go of that control you cannot scale if you do not let go you gotta let go and let and trust other people to help you out it's a little fearful it's a little scary sometimes but you got to be able to take that step if you want to be able to get past and elevate and ascend so uh one thing i'll point out this is actually from the book that if you want a free copy of this book you can go to findmyprofits.com and get a free copy of this book this is amplified business breakthroughs how i find 10k in any business in 45 minutes and that's um have you ever heard of the 80-20 rule? I'm sure you have. <laughs> of course, the, the the Pareto principle invented by economist Vilfredo Pareto. Yes. Yes. He, <laughs> so that, yeah. I, I think, got fancy yeah. on you, Kenny. I right. got fancy on you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I've heard of that. So the 80-20 rule talks about, you know, you can get 80% of the results from 20% of the actions that you take. And when it comes to looking at reports, looking at numbers, you can really get bogged down trying to look at too many things. And so the some of the key ideas in this book are talking about what are, what are the five profit drivers that you can look at in a business that if you if you pay attention to these, they can have a big impact on your profitability. So we're going to look at if you're looking to get more customers, you want to get more customers, you need to be looking at lead generation. How many leads are you bringing into your business? whether it's referral or through leads, and then the average conversion rate. So how many of those leads are turning into customers? And then if you have a good amount of customers and you're happy with the customers you have, you're not looking to get new customers, because I run into some people who are in that bucket, then it's looking at how can you ascend the customers you do have? How can you increase the lifetime value of a customer? And you're going to be looking at things of increasing the average number of transactions per customer, and increasing the average price of the transaction. And then, so those are the other two in the ascend stage. And then last but not least, it's not the money you make, it's the money you get to keep. So here we're looking to optimize, and this is where you're going to be looking at the profit margins. And if you're working with accountant, there's a lot of things that you could do to save money and be more strategic, whether it's tax planning or just how you're, you're running your profitability in your business. And here's the key. Those are the five profit drivers, leads, conversion rate, transactions, prices, and profit margin. As soon as you start to track these numbers, as soon as you start to track these numbers, you're going to start improving them. It's just what you focus on grows. But if you put your time, energy, and attention and really double down on saying, I'm going to really put strategies in place. I'm going to have a goal of increasing this by percentage. The exponential effect on your bottom line is in incredible. It is exponential. So that is that is one of the biggest takeaways that I see is a lot of people are focused on working in the business, not on the business. And these five profit drivers are the 20% that will give 80% of the results. Focus on them, put goals to them, put new strategies in place to increase them. And when you do this with consistent persistence, that is how you're going to amplify your business. You know, now here's the thing uh, for on the most realistic uh, view of everything that Kenny just said, and I agree with that. Some okay, so first off, saving money is making money. You got to train yourself to believe that. All right, so 
Um, saving a dollar is the same thing as, as raising your revenue by a dollar and keeping your expenses the same. So not everyone has the ability, especially now, to just jack their revenue up the same way that they may have done that in the past. So you can look at things that are saving that save you money. Um, like, re- like repeat that saving money is making money because it right. does matter. Now, here's the thing though, is that oftentimes comes with the responsibility of making tough decisions of which sometimes those tough decisions are not popular. Now, once again, I've committed to giving all of our listeners a realistic point of view when it comes to entrepreneurship. Sometimes when you are doing the best job you can, you might not be the most popular person. Now, I'm not saying to roll around and be a jerk at the business, but the business in order to succeed and survive does need to make profit, which sometimes requires difficult decisions. Now, in many businesses, payroll is the biggest expense. Um, as we had a prior guest, the CEO whisper, Cameron Harold, said something on the episode that really made so much sense. You have three classes of employees. You have racehorses, workhorses, and ones that are ready for the glue factory. So sometimes in the pro- in, 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 on the way to profitability, you have to literally wake up and give that quick assessment. Like, are, do you have a stable of, you need workhorses, you need racehorses, but if there's someone, something, or that part of your payroll, which is waiting for the glue factory, you're not doing them a favor and you're not doing yourself a favor by having them on board at your business. Um, I often refer to this as not being afraid to flush the turds. It's a realistic point of view. Like it's, you got it. You got it. Sometimes take a tough look at that. It is what it is, but when it comes to realizing profitability, you need the best people around you. You need people that are invested in you, your business, the vision, and people that care about the profitability, not people that are just going to literally dump profits down the drain. So yeah, all, all, all great points there. Okay. How else, where's our next, where are we finding profits next? So I think that's a good point. I'm kind of like in, in just really being inspired by that, that last point, you know, uh, the podcast the, that the I, the horse, the horse, the horse mechanic, the horse review. Yeah. The horse review. Um, it's, it's true though. I mean, it's true. It makes a lot of sense and it's true. Uh, the podcast that I host growth amplifiers is dedicated to those who are doing good, but they have their relentless pursuit of improvement and they have the attitude, expertise, and drive to continue to push. Even if they're doing good, there's always opportunity for improvement. And it's it's a growth mindset. It's a mentality to say, hey, look, I don't know everything. I can improve a little bit. And more importantly, you can't see your blind side. You can't see your blind side. So on findmyprofits.com, people can get a copy of the book, Amplify Business Breakthroughs. And they can also schedule for a complimentary consultation, which I walk them through a profit acceleration software. And the main thing I'm looking to do here is not to look to make sale, not to push anything on people, but it's to shine a light and let somebody, some people see some opportunity that they may not have seen before. Sometimes there's a bottleneck that they don't even realize is there. Sometimes there's an opportunity that they haven't tapped into. And just by shining a light in some new areas, getting a fresh perspective, 
whether it's with me, a growth strategist, or another professional who, who kind of walks people through that process, being able to get fresh perspective to see what you're doing now and what you could be doing and identifying some, some gaps that you have, that's huge. And I tell you, that's, that's the thing that why I'm here today. I went and got help when I was trying to start my second business. You know, in the first business with music, it didn't work out. I didn't know how to run a business with music. So when I started off as a freelance web designer, I had a lot of people that liked me. I had a lot of business, a lot of websites that I was building, but I hadn't yet learned about how to be profitable, about how to run an actual business. And so I needed to get some perspective and and learn a little bit about pricing, about the numbers I needed to pay attention to, about setting goals and really being focused with them. Because if I didn't, I, I was going to be running out of business, not because I didn't have the work, it's because I didn't really know how to uh, grow or scale. And so just being able to see if, of just a few tweaks in a few areas had a huge impact on being able to make my business take off and, and help give me the ability to, to have more, uh, a career that I really like. So that's, you, that's what you I'm... Just mentioned, you just mentioned something that I want to talk about, which is actually pricing. Because I think that business owners, service providers, and a lot of businesses grossly undervalue their own service and their own pricing. And, um, yeah, and oftentimes, I mean, and, and the thing is, is like, you know, and sometimes have the exact same pricing for everyone when that isn't warranted or necessary. And, um, you know, you go back to that 80-20 rule. Um, in most businesses, 80% of the revenue is created by 20% of the clients or buyers. So those are the people that you should really be focused on. Um, and if you are giving, quote, discounts, then it, it probably should be to them, not to the people in the bottom 20%. So, you know, it's if you when you step back and start to analyze your own business, its activities, its profit centers and stuff like that, you're going to you, you can quickly start to figure out that you might have some relationships, much like the restaurant that had the uh, the loss uh, on a certain entree, you may have that same thing at your business with specific clients. And we went through that. So, you know, one of the businesses that, that I founded and that full scale owns is Gigabook. And we went back and looked at, so we have a single user, uh, we have a, yeah, we have a single user, uh, 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 price tier if you want. And we had a couple people that were paying like 10 bucks a month that were just killing us, like literally killing us. And uh, I'll give you an example. We had one lady that made up 80% of all support inquiries for three straight months and was paying $15 a month to be a user. We fired her as a user. Like literally, and I tried to tell her, I said, I, you know, we sent a very polite email at first and said, I just wanting to let you know, that your support inquiries are excessive <laughs> and you know like we would love to keep you as a user we want to keep you on the platform stuff like that however we don't have the ability to i mean an 80 percent for a platform that serves as many users as gigabook does is a lot i right. mean that's literally like four like multiple 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 tickets a day yeah most of which <laughs> were really dumb 
questions. Like they weren't even sometimes not even questions, sometimes just like mean comments. And just like, the thing is, is like, I asked my team, I was like, well, why are we giving this lady so much bandwidth? And they said, well, we want to provide good support to the customer. I'm like, she just called you an asshole. And the last ticket for not answering her in less than five minutes, is this really the user that we want? And, you know, like that, that's the thing is at full scale, we tell our clients on the way in, we say, look, we need to want you as a client as much as you want us as a service provider. Um, it's okay to say no to clients, buyers, and customers. And there, there's probably a profit vampire sucking your books dry at your business. And you just got to find it and like, take a look at it. And like I said, like, and it was funny because some people just suck. They just, they do, they're not, they are, they, so think if you, if you're a service provider or you have a business that has regular customers, do you have a profit vampire on your roster? And uh, you probably do. And there's probably even someone that's a huge pain in the ass. They can be a huge distraction. So like, for example, and with that lady, I estimated that we were losing hundreds of dollars a month, if not thousands, it servicing a $15 a month account. So, you know, like I said, we fired a warning shot. I actually fired another one after that. And then after that, literally gave her a refund for every month that she had been a user. And they said, we need to politely ask you to take your business somewhere else. Um, It made a huge impact. We were able to, the business was able to focus on what it was doing and we cleaned that up. So, you know, that's what I meant when I mentioned, like you're running a business, you got to sometimes be about business and address tough issues so yeah pricing um, it, yeah. that's that's key that's that's actually one of the challenges this, that i had and i see it's it's pretty insidious i have this analogy that i i put out you know how many dog houses do you have to build before you build a skyscraper right because people i see this very common they're like oh and this is what happened to me this is the how i almost failed because I jumped in and I, I was used to getting an hourly wage. And so when I priced myself, I priced myself based on what other people were pricing, not looking at where I, what I was trying to build and, and basing uh, the, the prices off what you're trying to build and the costs that you'll need to have. Just like, well, you know, I'm used to making uh, $30 an hour. So now that I'm a freelancer, I can charge maybe 75 and I feel good about that. But if you're looking to build a business, that's not going to be sustainable if you if you have other expenses. So you need to be able to look at what you're trying to build. What's that long vision and reverse engineer that back. Sell on value, not not necessarily just time or what you think it should be. Because you made a good point. Uh, you can have somebody who's taking a lot of your time and and not being very profitable. And the analogy, I, I put the analogy out there, then I didn't explain it. And that's the point I'll make. <laughs> uh, how many dog houses do you have to build before you build a skyscraper? The thought is, you know, if I build a dog house, I learn how to do that. Then, I, then I'm going to build a house, and then I'm going to then I'm going to learn how to build, you know, an a, apartment building, and eventually work my way up to a, a skyscraper. But at the end of the day, if you want to build a skyscraper, you got to start off with a plan to build a skyscraper you can't build enough dog houses to learn how to build a skyscraper. So just beginning with the end in mind, having a really solid plan and making sure that you're putting your pricing based on value and, and not just trying to compete on price. That's a killer as well. 
Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, and if you run a service business, like, and you are, it's, so the majority of small businesses in the U S are, are a one person operation, meaning it's you. And, you know, that's the thing is as I've talked to people at, and I, I look at their business and I'm like, you don't charge enough. And they're like, well, I'm afraid to raise my prices. I'm like, well, here's the thing. If you raise your price by 20% and 20% of your clients leave, you're probably right back where you started. And, you know, some of but the thing is, is now if you go and you replace those, if the, you did churn clients or did add, like what, what's the difference? Just do the math. It's back to that, that numbers thing. And you can creep those things up. You don't have to just suddenly double your prices. You know, like one of the things that, that we do at full scale is, is we, uh, you know, we actually don't do many scheduled price increases for our developers that have been servicing accounts for long periods of time. But in the event that they come back to the bench and they're ready to go out for another client, then we definitely reprice those services based on what the fair current time is. So, and, and in Congress with that, and still with pricing, it's so much less expensive to keep the clients you have than it is to find new ones. But if your clients truly value your services and the price has been static for a long period of time, you, especially if you're doing B2B stuff, like they get it. You have to eventually raise your prices. You can't just have that, that static number for 10 straight years. If you're still providing services to people and you have the same price you did five years ago, you're leaving a shitload of money on the table. So in, you know in how that goes. In, in many cases, you can raise your price by a small percentage and, you know, people are, are just going to stay around. And this, this small percentage you may lose, you're still going to be more profitable. And you could get a raise today. You can get a raise today just by saying, hey, look, I'm going to raise my prices by a small percentage. Like you said, do the math. There's a calculation you could do. You could see what, how many percentage, like what percentage of customers you'd have to lose. And the math is typically staggering because you'd have to lose a large amount of customers um, in in many cases uh, in exchange for that small um, increase of profits that you did in your prices before you'd start losing anything. It's it's pretty the, incredible when you actually the do law, that. The laws of economics attempt, the laws of economics and price elasticity attempt to help you predict these things by saying that a 1% discount typically uh, equates to a 1% rise in revenue. So a 10% cost price increase, you should, you should consider that that could reduce 10% of, of your user base to not being in your user base anymore. There's a lot of different ways to look at that. But once again, the uh, the profitability can can rise, and if you can find a way to even just raise your prices by five to ten percent, um, and while while also finding some cost savings, do the math on that, and you're you have found profits, people. That's exactly what that is, um, and you know that's the thing. And there's nothing you know people are really freaked out about price changes, and um, you know in some cases sometimes that's the best way to find out who's with you and who's not. Because uh, really, in the end, if you're providing, uh, okay, a $50 an hour service with a 10% price increase is a $5 bump. I mean, that's not the end of the world for the user. I mean, five, you could barely buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks for five bucks. <laughs> so if, if you're not worth, if your services and your time isn't worth an extra cup of coffee an hour, 
Uh, you might not be doing business with the right people. All right. So we're, we're here at, and this stuff, th these episodes always go so quickly. I love talking about this stuff. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Now, Kenny, we end episodes of Startup Hustle with the founders freestyle and you obviously being the founder of your company and go click down the show notes and click some stuff, get a free book, do some other things. Uh, Kenny's got all kinds of content online on YouTube and different places. Uh, make yourself a sponge when it comes to taking in information about how to be profitable. Uh, really in the end, so much of it's so basic. And if you think you've been in business for 20 years and you're beyond going back and reviewing the basics, stop go back and check it out because you probably forgot some stuff every time i talk to someone that's got myriad experience and they go back and look at stuff they're like wow man i re i just realized i'm not doing a lot of the stuff that i used to do or i should be doing um so with that and I, i'm going to hand you the mic here for your founders freestyle i'd like to hear uh something along the lines of what's one tip that you can give anybody listening that could you know that we haven't mentioned perhaps uh that could help with profitability so we've we've kind of mentioned it <laughs> but i'll, I'll go All ahead right, i'll go ahead freestyle do it say whatever you yeah want. you're good so no i i just encourage everyone you know tuning in you, you listen to something today and as matt just mentioned sometimes it's the things that we're most familiar with Oh yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, I kind of know that. Yeah, it's we take it for granted. But everyone I've talked to in the past several years who's actually taken the time to reflect and look at their own numbers and identify what's one thing that they could focus on. What's one thing that if they put their time, energy, and attention to and just worked on improving it, that it would make a big impact on your bottom line. And just being very focused on that. So the... The call to action that I would say is, is really look at those five profit drivers. Again, the, the leads that are coming in, the conversion rate, the number of transactions, the, the price, and the profit margin. Just take a moment. Just get a sense of where you're at. And, and you could run the, I've got a calculator. It's profit growth calculator. You can run the numbers to say, what if I improve these even by 5%? Look at your bottom line. It's incredible what you can achieve when you have a focus and clarity and you take <clears throat> consistent persistent action so that is my free free freestyle there you go Jeez. so once again with us today kenny harper uh the name of a country musician that you've never heard of perhaps and also uh a mixtape editor by the sounds of the ending of that freestyle um really <laughs> when it the way I want to end this episode is I want to encourage all of you to to take inefficiency in your business personally. Um, like let it offend you a little bit because sometimes that's what is required to get something done. Um, always look at things and say, how can we do this 10 times better, 10 times cheaper, 10 times faster? And in many cases, uh, one thing that I, that I didn't mention here, and we talk about efficiency, sometimes the best way to improve your efficiency is to just stop doing something altogether. So as your business grows, things change. You need different things. You need different stuff. There are likely processes and uh, I'll give a quick example. At one point in the first business, we, I, I, we, we're doing a lot of things to prevent 
a specific type of loss. And then I, I really sat back and analyzed stuff. And I realized that we were spending four times the value of the loss we were trying to prevent. Um, it just in labor and attention. So I said, damn, you know, well, things occur and occasionally we're going to make a mistake. It's kind of like that spoilage thing we mentioned with the milk. Now, if that milk was worth $1,000, but you spent $4,000 trying to prevent that loss, you honestly might be better off just accepting that occasionally you're going to spill some milk. So overall, there's a lot of different things that you can do in and around your business. There's a lot of changes that you can probably make. So I'm going to let you guys all go get busy finding your profits. I'll see you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.